A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the AI Comic Pod. Just me and Stu this week to review uh, one of the year's biggest releases, let's be honest. It's Deadpool 2. Stu, I'm going to go straight and we're going to be honest. What was your initial reaction because you watched this film last night? Um, initial, a little bit disappointed. I think I'd maybe overhyped it a little bit as I'm prone to anyway, but because there were so many people coming out saying how amazing it was and how hilarious and how it was better than the first one. And I watched Deadpool 1 on Monday, and I think Deadpool 1 has got a more coherent plot. I've, I've, I've said the same thing a couple of times today. To me, it just feels like the pacing was off. It felt like there were some bits where there was amazing like high-octane action at 100 mile an hour, and then there was other bits where they were doing really sort of laboured, story points and it it just didn't tie together and i am not the kind of person that normally whinges about pace and i normally go oh fuck off what are you talking about but there was bits of it where i really struggled and was sort of like come on say say something funny or you know cut someone's <laughs> knob off or something and i was really struggling to you know wait for i, th- it I think the going. first first 20 minutes were a bit of a shock um in the sense that it didn't feel quite typical of what we'd come to expect obviously for me they they felt like they had to raise the stakes so um recently listening to ryan reynolds being interviewed he he kind of said that the explanation behind deadpool's humor is that he's he's kind of funniest at his most tragic and they they toyed with various ideas about how to kind of bring that and obviously in the first movie it's all about him him dying and and ultimately not but what happens to his key assets which is him you know looking the way he does like it two avocados fuck themselves or whatever the line from the first film is um and, and there was no love in there it was just hate fucking like there was something seriously <laughs> wrong with the relationship um <laughs> um it needed to introduce that in their eyes something quite bold something quite 
you know, let's be honest, this is a special, quite quite early doors, so we're talking all aspects of the film. If you've not gone to see it, I would wholeheartedly recommend you do, um, which I think we'll come around to the opinion of at the end of this. Um, but, yeah, then come back and listen to what we have in store. But, you know, they kill off his girlfriend in the first 10 minutes of the film Something five like minutes and and this is one of the things that's drawn a lot of criticism without without going too much into it anyone that's ever heard of the phrase women in refrigerators i i actually remember the original comic because it happened in a green lantern comic where uh, green lantern kyle rayner's girlfriend is killed and stuffed into a refrigerator and the only purpose it serves is it's a, a very cheap plot point and a very famous female writer, Gail Simone, who's done a lot of Wonder Woman, and she actually is one of the you know pivotal names behind um, the Birds of Prey and Domino yeah. from this film. She sort of sat down and went, you know what, this is kind of bullshit. And she actually created a really low, low sort of tech website. And they detailed all the times when women are killed or abused in comics just as a cheap plot point. And now the Vanessa angle has drawn a lot of criticism. And for once, I actually agree with it. I thought that her being killed was a very, very cheap way of moving the plot along where they, I think they could have done it in a slightly better, more clever way than just... I think they could have done it in a smarter way. I think that the stakes could have been high without that needing to have happened. Do you know what I mean? There is more to Deadpool. You know, he's shown to have some kind of compassion and heart in the first film and, and they tried to get that across and I think they could have developed upon that without having to do that. I, I agree. I think that's the flaw. And especially with the ending where after all that character development and all that soul searching they just go and now she's back. That's the kind of thing that we've said about before with things like The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. When you've got time travel it's too easy to cheapen things that you've set up they've set up Vanessa's death as being incredibly poignant and you know yeah. it, it, it's it's given Wade this whole new streak of genuine genuine um hero status and then he just goes oh but I'm just going to go back and save it and for me the, the the rest of the post credits were brilliant but that bit I genuinely groaned at like oh why it just undid two hours of film for me and that that's possibly why you came out feeling a little bit deflated. I think it that, might that was be. a bit of a yeah. that was a real bitter taste. It, it it frustrates me when you can just hit the reset button, and it's that simple. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's just you know, cheap. Well, you As know, Deadpool said a couple of times during the film, lazy, lazy writing. story writing. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing for me because they they made this you know break the third you know break the screen kind of approach to the film, which they always do in Deadpool, um, and. He's talking to the audience and he's saying it's lazy writing quite, quite regularly. You know, three times I think I counted. And that to me is the most lazy writing aspect of the film. Now, I'll give it, and we will come on to a lot of positives because it's not all negative. No, and, of and, course not. And, and outside of that, to, to be genuinely honest, I thought it was a really good action film. You know, it's one of those where. It felt like a really good popcorn film outside of that. I thought that the scenes. They'd up the stakes a lot in terms of the effects. Do you know what I mean? The budget is clearly so much higher for this film than the first film. If you go back and watch the first film, which we've all done quite a lot, but I've done quite recently, it's quite limited. Do you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. it's incredible for what it is, and it relies a lot more on the story and the script to get it by. 
but the budget is so minuscule. Well, Do you know what I mean? It was the... seven, 70 million. I think this was about 100 yeah. and let me have a look. 110. So, I mean, 110 yeah. by modern standards isn't huge, but compared to an extra, to the an other extra one. say, 25, 30 million on production elements because yeah. the, the rest are gone cast and whatnot. But, you know, looking you, at that. And you can see where the money's gone because you've got a lot more Colossus. You've now got real Colossus fighting. You've got a, what, what do they call it, an epic CGI fight coming up? Which was, that fight scene was absolutely brilliant. Especially yeah. when, when Colossus went off book and turned into a shit. Like biting and you, his thumb off and punching him in the bollocks. You also had the kind of epic uh, kind of chase scene through the streets, which there was nothing. I mean, there was one car scene where they clearly just used one part of a set or a motorway in the first film, whereas this actually had moving vehicles. That, <laughs> I mean, that was probably you know, my favourite set piece, that the bit where Domino's driving the... Um, yeah, the driving thing, the rig, probably the prisoner truck. Yeah. in the whole film. Cause Domino and they, even the prison was character. was awesome as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, and I think we we will. You know, this is us just being completely honest, and I think we both share quite similar similar opinions. The good thing about this is we've really not discussed this at all before no, coming on this podcast. Because I did, so, I only watched this last night. I got in about half eleven and went. Yeah, straight and to I bed. watched it Saturday, so it's it's really fresh for us. This is probably the quickest we've ever reviewed something. To be yeah, fair. it is. Um, and 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 I, I'm you know. I still can see all the heart and love and and everything that Ryan Reynolds puts into this project because you can feel it in all the incredible marketing and effort that he goes to. He he genuinely does a lot of things I don't think he even gets paid for as such. Do you know what I mean? It's more than a role for him. It's it's it is him. Do you know what I mean? It's his character. It's his baby. Um, he co-produced this. He co-wrote it. It's, he it's, you know, it. This one now is this is the continuation of you know ten eleven years of 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 work to get yeah. Deadpool going. And that I remember we said in in previous pods, that's yeah. one of the reasons why Deadpool, the first film, was so good because it was a genuine labour of love. This this wasn't just, oh, this, this script looks all right. Yeah, I'm in for this. This was Ryan Reynolds pushing, leaking test footage to, to whip up oh, Frenzy, nice. doing all the viral marketing with like Mario Lopez and this time around with Celine Dion. And I would say this is a little bit like Second album syndrome with a with a band is that yeah. fair? Yeah, you know what so. you know, and it's the same with a lot of people. So, um, and especially when you think how you know Deadpool the first one was seven hundred seven hundred and fifty million, it absolutely blew everyone's expectations out the water because the expectations were so low for yeah. an R-rated superhero film. Now the bar has moved up so many notches. It was always going to be difficult to get the kind of range of uh, of reactions from oh it was good right to oh my god it was incredible because people knew it was going to be at least very good whereas the first one we had no frame of reference did we it, it could have been yeah, anything from it's, uh, amazing to a catastrophe i think that the big thing with the first film is it was because it's so fresh you know it's like and i again relate this to, to music when you get a band and they've got a sound which which sounds new do you know what i mean for, for you when a, when a band comes along and they they knock you for six because it's a, a sound that you probably has been rehashed, but not in your head. Do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. is it's, to you, it's well, yeah, original. It's there's fresh. very few original bands, and yeah, by, and, by and Deadpool logic, was an original, original films. No, yeah, exactly. A lot of films we see, and we're huge fans of Marvel and and, and yeah, lesser of recent DC. Um, 
I must say, I've rewatched The Dark Knight recently. Fucking hell, it was incredible again. I think I'm going um, to, having done the Warner Brothers tour on my honeymoon, because I've, oh, I've seen like all the. Bad that's m- probably why I did. I just got. It just looks. It's just so good that film. I, honestly, no wonder we hold that in such high regard. I mean, we did a Batman Begins. Pardon, we started out on the the movie night doing a, a Dark Knight podcast. Um, it's it is honestly it's levels above almost anything for me um and that's why it's so hard like to, to compete with now for dc they're just just really a mess at the minute it's, it's a and shame that's why christopher nolan's sitting there on his gold-plated throne saying nope i'm never touching another superhero <laughs> well, film he's not gonna go near it exactly but off topic slightly um this this was original. Deadpool one was was fresh. It was unique. It was it was bold and brave, and and it was something that, as much as we hyped it, and Jesus did we we hype it. It it didn't drop any. It it didn't drop below what I expected. It, it exceeded my expectations, which which amazed me actually. And and this film, and I'm not going to be completely, you know. I don't know, I'm not going to go into sheep syndrome because I did still really enjoy it and, and I will start quoting lines from it and we will both have a good laugh because it is incredibly hilarious at times. Um, and there were some really new characters that were, were really interesting and I thought the casting was, was pitch perfect. Yeah, um, I and I thought the production the was yesterday. really good as well. When, yeah. I, when I got in before I went to bed, there was an article and it was something like top 10 reasons why such and such a body else should have been cast as Cable, and I was thinking, no. why? Josh Brolin was brilliant. Do you know? Do you know how old Josh Brolin is? He's early. Is he late? He's 40, fifty. He's fifty. He is in. Do you know we we talk about on this podcast? So we talked about um, the the kind of funny guys. So you have got you know Chris Pratt and 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 Paul Rudd being you kind of out of shape, relatable kind of guys. You've got Josh Brolin's 50 years old and he puts me to ridiculous shame. That guy is in the best shape of his career. Do you know what I mean? And, and he, he made sure that they showed it off because there was quite a few scenes where he was sat there with his shirt off. So we, yeah. I, I think his agent said that he's gone, look, he's been pounding in the iron for fucking months. Exactly. Can, can he have no vest on for this? But, you know, we need to we need to show this shit off. I just, fair play to the guy. And, and honestly, there was a, obviously a few references back to Thanos, which I thought was really yeah. clever. Um, it was a lot more meta than the first one. There was a lot more references it, to things like that. It was a little bit less subtle, but it but it still worked because I mean the the, the gags back to Wolverine, and and we'll go back to that that moment at the beginning with the Wolverine music box, which which is genuine. Ryan oh, Reynolds has that in his flat. Really. Yes, oh it's, my it's God. props team made that lovingly, which is just hilarious. Because I, I said that, that to Tom, I was like, I was like, is that a re- do they exist? Can you buy them? Because I thought, well, I know there oh is one, God. and he has it. And oh. and to be honest, I'd probably go to prison just to rob that out of his house that because it's so incredible. Cool. It is the coolest thing, and and the the references back to Wolverine that he makes throughout um, the scene when Ryan Reynolds is is long long scene of death you know where it's just going on and on and on <laughs> yeah. which i thought was genius um you know they they kind of hint at that early doors that he says um you know when he blows himself up 
uh, fuck Wolverine. First he rides my coattails with an R rating, and then that hairy motherfucker ups the ante by dying. What a dick. Well, guess what, <laughs> Wolvie? I'm dying in this movie. I, you know, it, it told you what was going to happen, yeah. but it was done in such a way that, you know, you didn't really... I didn't know what to expect from this film. Like, I, I've watched a lot of the trailers. We kind of thought it would be a bit of a, an action caper. You, you thought that... You kind of knew that Josh Brolin would be Cable as the bad guy, but I thought he would come around because of the comic... Yeah theory that they're obviously friends and, and, and a partnership and a team um yeah and if we're talking about cable i mean like perfect casting he, he is you know i looked at ron perlman i was like jesus there's no way ron perlman was fitting that outfit at this no. stage of his career do you know what i mean did you look at other people the one person that was really interesting which i think is why he had a cameo which was a brilliant cameo is that brad pitt was approached to do it yeah, um, I, I was reading about the the role yesterday. Casting issues, yeah. And they, um, he said, I'm not casting. Like, um, he had he had uh, scheduling, scheduling issues. But yeah, he yeah. said he wanted to be. He, Ryan wanted him to be involved in in some way, shape, or form. And do you know what Brad Pitt is? Um, his stipulation was to be in it. Um, the he, he took him down to Starbucks and got him a coffee. So that's I, all. Yeah, I, I, as that's far all as he know, got. That's all he got paid. He did. That's all he got paid. Yeah, and he and, was on set for seven minutes, and apparently it was like post-production, so there was hardly anyone around. No one knew about it. Just a handful of people. But there, um, there, there were rumours, and I will be gobsmacked if those rumours weren't started by a certain Mr. Reynolds himself. There were rumours well, that there was an A-list celebrity shut. making a cameo. Yeah. And nobody, I saw loads of theories, and everyone thought that it was Hugh Jackman, either as Wolverine or... I'm so glad it wasn't Hugh Jackman, you know. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Hugh Jackman as himself, though. And, like, Deadpool meets him on the street or something and starts turning into, like, a giggling schoolgirl, and he's like, what are you on about? You know, I think he... that will come within the future. I don't think we'll get through another Deadpool film without Hugh Jackman being there in one he, shape or another. He's even said he'd do it as well. Hugh Jackman has said he would do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he would. I mean, you know, we, we're talking cameos, so there's a couple of other ones. Um, the main one is the X-Men cameo when he's back in the house. Um, I've got to say, when he's riding around on, on Professor X's wheelchair, <laughs> I was I was in fits, man. That that absolutely cracked me up. Um, that was already broken when it fell there. For some reason, has just come back <laughs> in my head. Um, and then he's feeling that up was Colossus really good. when he's cuddling him. Oh man, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, but the X Men cameo, where they're all there, and and again, it's just something that they. They kind of did for them. Obviously, they are part of the same universe in, in a way. Um, uh, slightly, slightly transformed off from that. And, and it's funny because you've got McAvoy there and then he's talking about, um, he's talking about, uh, Patrick Stewart's, you know, oh, the, the helmet thing that he wears, you know, that he oh, smells of Pat, reeks of Patrick Stewart or everything. Yeah. Um, and he's pretending and it's just, he's it's just it. funny because you, if you try to keep up with the timeline or anything going on in this bloody film relating to X-Men or anything else, you just wouldn't have a clue. It just, it does what it does and it doesn't really care about anything. Do you know what I mean? No care at all about what is going on outside of it. Um, and I mean, I think we'll come back to talk about X-Force a little bit later because there is a bit to talk about. Um, that said, bar the X-Men cameo, which I thought was a really good touch, and they all just <laughs> subtly shut the door behind him, which I thought was cool. Um, there really, there was a, quite a few new characters. Um, Most of whom won't stick. 
Well, certainly not, because they all mostly got killed off, um, yeah. except Yukio, who had a very you know strange relationship um, with with Deadpool. Them just saying hi to each other occasionally. Yeah, hi, wave, um, hi, Yukio. Yeah, she did. Uh, again, she was kind of there, but a little bit pointless. Um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead again, not. I was Greatly really surprised involved. that Negasonic was was scaled down, but I think they scaled her down because they had to scale Colossus up for the for the personal side of it, for the friendship and the almost yeah. really creepy romance that that they've got going on. <laughs> and it is very it, fucking creepy between them. It's it's just it's just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, isn't it? Really, it, yeah. it, you know, it just feels like that. He, he has, it, he's like Colossus is the opposite of him in lots of ways his all moral compass and everything and then it's just it's just wade trying to make him break that basically um i would never i never thought i'd see uh, anyone in a superhero film get electrocuted with a cable up their arse <laughs> that that was something special as well that was quite a shock actually i mm. thought even for deadpool that was quite a bold thing to do <laughs> so yeah. um yeah, that did surprise you me slightly. Show decapitations and limbs being removed, but you never thought you'd see Juggernaut's butt crack. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, talking of that, I'm not a colossus, not a butt crack. <laughs> I've um, really not got anything else to say about butt no, crack. No, I really film. don't have much else to say on that. But talking of, like, the action and the limbs and stuff, there was a lot more to it, even in the opening sequence. And and I think the problem with that that death, which which took everyone a bit by surprise, before that point, when he's using every knife in a knife block, was quite humorous. And after that, you, and, and before that, you had those kind of great leading scenes where he's Hong Kong and he's battling all these different, you know, uh, armies as such, which was cool. And and then you had this kind of Bond-esque Celine Dion-backed oh, sequence, which was great. Was unbelievably good. Yeah, it was really well done. It was probably the thing that had the most production you know, it's such a sequence that was done for it. And you had a Celine Dion track, which she's just got to a point of her career. I don't think she gives a shit, which is great. Well, it was no, quite she's, huge, funny. she's had a residency in Vegas for about the last millennium. Exactly. She, I think she's just been given the keys to the um, to the Bank of America and she just goes and helps herself now whenever she needs a couple of, you know, bars of gold bullion or something. So yeah. she just doesn't give a shit. Have you seen the video for that song? Yes. Oh, my God. And yeah, that's it's... another part of their viral marketing that they've done. All of a sudden, there's just oh, Celine Dion, and they didn't they didn't tell anyone that you know it was a a silly video. So I saw loads of people that had given up and going, oh, Celine Dion singing, what's this for? And you're like, have you actually watched the whole thing? You know, when he comes in, and like, <laughs> no, I was like, well, can go back and watch it then. <laughs> Did you actually think that that was it? It's a Deadpool video, and you think that it's just Celine Dion singing. Yeah, you, might you can never, point. you can never trust. It's just going to be, and nothing is conventional where Deadpool's concerned. And yeah. and again, leading up to this, the marketing has been just so on point as always. They they really do know how to to get to people in the right kind of ways. Do you know what I mean? I just thought it's been really good build up to it. I think one of the issues with it is you're coming off the back of Infinity War and yeah. that is such a heavy hitting film for so many ways. Because and you've everyone's got death, emotion you've got death that may may get re- reversed in, in a year's time, but some that won't. And and it did feel a lot heavier and it felt a lot bolder. And then you come on to this, which which should be comic relief, but it feels a bit too soon for me. You know, you've got this and you've got solo and it just feels like I probably could have done with another month. 
wait and then I would have been more in the headspace for Deadpool. I know that sounds a bit. No, know, I, but... I actually kind of agree because I was really rushed because we, yeah. we went and watched Infinity War and we, we, you know, because Tom's got a family, we can't just, you know, do things week after week after week. So we had to wait for this one. So it did feel a little bit rushed for me. So I must admit, if it was only out at the, say, you know, another two or three weeks, I probably would have been happy with that. Because like you say, I'm. it sounds really stupid, but I am still processing Infinity War, watching videos, reading articles and, and formulating theories and stuff like that. And everyone's yeah, still... Yeah, you do soak things up a lot afterwards. And I, I think, to be fair, Infinity War, we did two um, pretty epic podcasts. You can go and listen to those. Um, and thank you to everyone subject. that already has and has given us some yeah, feedback because these things have feedback. gone down really well. Yeah, they, they really were. We, we really enjoyed doing those with Marco Lopez. Um, a whole lot of fun and a lot of exploring to do in those kind of worlds. But that is still ongoing. Do you know what I mean? It feels like the whole of the hype on, on the media train and everything we would follow on, on social media um, outside of Liverpool Football Club, who have a slightly big game this weekend. Um is basically talking still about Infinity War and, and what's to come in Avengers 4 and talking about, you know, just everything around that subject matter. A little bit of Ant-Man and the Wasp and bits and pieces of Hawkeye and all, everything is theory this and theory that. And oh, did, this did you and get that, the, you know? This is really off topic for once. Did you get the trailer for that um, Jeremy Renner film before? Um, the, yes. The one with the, the adult. That looks what? fucking hilarious. Is it called to... Tag? Yeah. And yeah. we were like, do you know what? We were like, this is what Hawkeye's been doing while the rest of the world's been getting wiped out. <laughs> that film looks so funny. I know. I do you know what? I heard some hype about the trailer, and I was like, oh, fuck, that sounds shit. I'm not watching this. And then it was on in the cinema, and I thought, this is yeah, this is genius. And I then when I thought it was based based on a true story, which yeah. I just I loved the idea that there's the group of guys or girls who've done this for years and years and years and years. I think it's brilliant. And yeah. the cast as well: Ed Helms, Jeremy Renner, John Hamm. I love John Hamm. Yeah, Jake John Hamm's great. Um, Isla Fisher, Rashida Jones, Leslie Bibb. I was going, uh, I think I'm probably going to go watch that. I'm more excited I will, to watch that. I will than go Solo. watch that. Yeah, I will go and watch that. I think it'll be a whole lot of it's fun. And, and there's always room for a comedy. Um, Especially stupid was, comedies like that. There was a Renner line in this, or a Hawkeye line, which I will repeat. Um, it's when they're in the prison and he's got his collar on, which basically reduces his powers to nothing. Uh, with his collar on, my superpower is just unbridled cancer. Give me a bow and arrow and I'm basically Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jesus. <laughs> you know, he, he, there's no shame there. Uh, there's no shame. Um, also in the prison, while we're doing quotes, uh, Cable says, dubsteps for pussies. You're so dark. Are you sure you're not from the DC universe? And I know that's on the trailer and I know it's been funded around, but I still think it's really clever. Um, there was a Martha line in there as well, wasn't there, in, in the yeah. film at one stage? Yeah, um, it was something like, we, we fought this other guy. Oh, yeah, it was when he was explaining to Vanessa and he said, I fought this other guy and it turned out his na- his mum's uh, name was Martha as well. Yeah. So I, a lot more meta. And I did I did read in a lot of the, the build-up to it that they were going to be going after DC a little bit more. Um, did you know yeah. that all the way through the credits was all taking the piss out of the fact that Vanessa had just died? Yes. Like presented by What the Fuck, produced by DJ. Oh, really it was really good, it. that. Really good. Um, yeah, and, and that's the thing, man. When you talk about more like this, and I think I will watch this film quite a few more times as, as expected, I'll probably get past that uh, opening, but that does jar that opening. And I think you're right. I think the pacing's a bit off at the first 20 minutes. I like the X-Men house stuff, but it did feel a little bit off. And then he's in the trainee thing um, and then goes to rescue Ricky Baker, who I can't think of anything else in Ricky Baker and Hunt for the World of People, but he's Russell in this, isn't he? The kid, Julian Dennison. Um, and he didn't get much to work with. He plays Ricky Baker, if you'll see Hunt for the World of People, essentially in this film again. Um, but he's quite a likeable kid, and I think he, he, he plays it quite well. He gives Wade at least something to kind of emotionally hold on to, do you know what I mean? And and try and rescue something in his in his basically shattered existence at that point of the film. Um and I thought the prison scene was pretty cool. Um you get to meet Black Tom, who is an incredible source of an on running joke. You mentioned he was gonna have a much bigger role, which is yeah. a bit of a shame actually, because I think the guy's quite a cool actor. He's done some good stuff. Well um, he's an interesting character as well and apparently he was supposed to be the main antagonist and he was going to be spurring fire fist on but they decided that if they did that there was going to be too many too many i think um, i think when you look at the other scenes in there as well i think the budget started to lean away from the prison maybe because it didn't last long did it let's be honest you've got the cable fight scene which came in quite quickly um and it moved straight on towards the the cable story pretty, pretty quickly and, and the heist kind of, you know, getaway prison truck. Um, and it all moves, uh, a pretty quick pace at that point. Do you know what I mean? You get introduced to this kind of X-Force, um, who kind of ultimately weren't an X-Force. Um, but yeah, you didn't get enough of that, but I, I'm being honest, the best jokes throughout it, perhaps by the tiny legs and, and the post credits were, were probably to do with black Tom and the, the Deadpool references to Cable that he's basically racist. Oh yeah, um, because it just kept coming up, and it just it just kept getting me every time. And I, I need to read the one about when he killed him. Um, was it you've killed Black Tom, you racist son of a bitch? Um, 
yeah and then towards the end um when you get back to your family you tell them wade says hi and promise me promise me one thing that you'll start judging people not by their color of the skin oh, but the yeah. content of their character yeah <laughs> he's just basically called him a racist throughout the film just because he killed off black tom who was who was a white guy um and there's a bit where he asks about black tom someone does or mentions him and he's like yeah he's some african-american black dude who's <laughs> like no he's a white irish guy in the comics and in the film um i just oh, thought it was it was like one of the better lines has just come back to me in the um in the prison fight scene who are you i'm batman <laughs> and another dc line there's quite a lot of dc elements in there yeah there are um we talked a little bit, or skirted around the X-Force a little bit, but I think we should talk about them in more detail. But they really did surprise me with this. So the, the preface on the, on the, uh, on, on the X-Force is that they're interviewed by Deadpool and TJ Miller. Weasel. Um, Weasel. They could have killed him off because he really didn't do anything in this film. And he's well, a bit of a source of. Well, supposedly that there was a lot of. Um, is it because of his sexual uh, well, exploits outside of the film? That yeah, maybe... there was a lot of pressure for him to be sort of reshot or something. So I. They could have killed him off. People would have been happy. <laughs> I actually expected that he was going to be killed off. Yeah, it would have made more sense because, you know, than Vanessa. But anyway. Um. They interview everyone except uh Depinder. Is it Depinder? His, yeah. his 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 favorite taxi driver friend, um, who is desperate to become a superhero. Um and ultimately gives you another one of the best scenes, which is him hiring Peter who just replies to the ad. I think again the marketing around Peter where he's had his own Twitter page just as Peter the whole period. Oh, has um, he? I haven't even seen yeah. that. Yeah, I'll, I'll link you. It's just him, and it's been going long before the movie came out. And right. it's just this guy as Peter being this normal guy, um, and then joins up with Deadpool and the X Force. It's really funny. Um, and he also was in one of the, the screenings with the whole cast. So they all went for this big screening, big kind of fan screening event. Um, and Peter was dressed up as himself. He, the guy, uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Rob but he was in, Yeah, Rob Delaney was in full Peter outfit and he was in the audience the whole time. And then he came down on stage and got introduced and started. He, he literally, everyone else was normal and he was in character the whole time. So <laughs> they've really nailed that kind of side of things. I thought he, and then Depinder's lying about, you know, what superpowers you have and none. And, and Depinder just goes absolutely fucking crazy. I thought it was really funny. Um, and you had Terry Crews in there. They, he wasn't used. And it was like, oh, man, he's been waiting for a break for so long since he's kind of, you know, exploded for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And he's talked openly about not getting many parts and finding it difficult in Hollywood. And he gets a, what is, what, two minutes in this film? Three minutes? Some something along those. Does lines. he get a line? One line? Two lines? Um, it's a bit sad. He, he got a he got a few lines on the plane. Yeah. And then I don't think he got anything when he landed. No. I mean, so no. I'm 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 a bit surprised by some of them. Like I I knew that you knew that Domino was going to stick around because they made yeah you've seen the trailer of Zazie Beats and stuff yeah and she's I, I awesome thought, we'll get back to of, that of the X Force people might have I thought Terry Crews won 
might have stuck around and maybe Shatterstar because Shatterstar's a reasonable character and I think he was. Yeah, who was the guy course. spitting spitting horrible stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, who the fuck is this guy when he came on the screen? Do you know what I mean? I thought that guy's not sticking around. Um, the, the who was it? So the invisible dude. So this Brad Pitt is the invisible. Oh, I forget what his bloody name is. Yeah, I forget what they're all called. Um, Vanisher. But, Vanisher, yeah. And you so you've got Vanisher, you've got Terry Cruz's one Bedlam. Um, Bedlam, yeah. Um you've got Shatterstar Zeit, who he says and good news and bad news. Bad news the whole team is dead. The good news is I don't think anyone's gonna miss Shatterstar. He was a bit of a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Um and you've got Peter who yeah, and obviously Domino. Um, Peter was, was, it is a great moment. You know, when he jumps out of the plane and he's Well, just, when he, you know, when he sits, sits on the, on the edge and gently lowers yeah, himself he kicks out him of the out, plane. basically. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was good. But just the reference to high winds, like it's going to be a big deal. There are this team of like elite superheroes and they just get affected by the weather slightly. It's just hilarious. I thought that scene was really, really clever, but it was it was a bit disappointing in the same instance. Um, but we got Domino, and she is obviously the breakout from this. We we talk about how how good Cable was, and I think we'll get a lot more interplay between Cable and Deadpool in forthcoming attractions. But for this film, Domino was just great. I thought her. Uh, her look, which is, is deemed not a superpower, led to some of the best action in the film, by by far, probably less yeah. of the, the best action sequences. Um, I thought she was absolutely she, amazing. She was my favourite thing about the whole film. All of yeah. her scenes, she looked brilliant. She looked perfect. She, she was looked, a bit... Do you know what? It was a bit like Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, where she she just rocks up and she's the coolest thing about the film. Do you know what I mean? And, and as much as I love Ragnarok, Tessa Thompson almost steals it because she's just badass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, she's you got notice a swagger, that. hasn't she? Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing. It's just, you know, had a swagger and her superpower, which just works so, so effectively in this film. And, and if you think about it, it is actually an incredibly good power. When I first heard about Domino, I sort of went, mm. well, yeah, I everyone did. Deadpool, I was like, Luck is not a superpower, but they yeah, exactly. in a way. They they explained it really well. Someone draws a gun on her, the gun happens to misfire. She gets thrown out of a truck. She's not even bothered because she knows she's gonna land and she happens to land in the giant inflatable panda. And yeah, exactly. Her power makes her the perfect mercenary because in theory, nothing can go wrong on her mission. You know, if she falls off a building, she's gonna land in a pool. You know, if, if someone throws something at it, it's going to, like, bounce off a shelf and hit them in the face. She, she was a almost, fantastic She's almost in, indestructible. Yeah, she is. And she's a fantastic character to introduce to kind of Deadpool because he's almost the same. I mean, his, his powers for this film are there, but they're, they're dampened quite heavily when he's obviously got the collar. He's got no powers, and he's just subjected to the pure torture of that. And, and her powers as well make her, and this isn't a criticism, this is a compliment, although a lot of people would use this as a, you know, to beat someone down. It makes her quite slapstick, but the slapstick comedy works well in a Deadpool film. If you did that in, in an Avengers film, oh, it would it look work. stupid. If you do it in a Deadpool film, you know, guy, you know, misfires his gun and things like that, it just works in the context of R-rated Deadpool. Yeah, and the fact we've that talked about fight scenes as well, though, and well. fight scenes. 
fight scene training as well. But she was really on point, man. Her action scenes were really well done. She did a lot you of know. that herself, I believe. And like, yeah, and, and she did it so well. Where she, I mean, when they referenced what do they call her? The Black Black Widow. He calls her. the Black Black Widow. Yeah, <laughs> and she she does have that kind of traits of, of same kind of fighting style, which is really cool. That kind of close up front fighting style. But obviously, that that look on her side. I think that I think Domino is like really really well trained. I think she is like special forces. She's meant she's an ex uh, an excellent marksman. She's good with knives and swords and all kinds of things. Yeah. So you can see. I, and in I the was Xbox. really glad that, that they gave her enough screen time, but also kind of made her really effective for the team because she was really prominent in the film, as it turned out. Do you know what I mean? Without her, everyone else died. So well, they, they, gave, her, they gave her that you know. few minutes as well when they get back to the home. They, yeah. they really humanized her as well when she said, Oh, you know, I, I lived here. Oh, well, when I say lived, you know, I mean, they tortured me. And you know that that really brought her down. And it didn't need she... a lot to do that as well. It was, no. That was that was better was writing. Up those I mean, her part and her script and her feral. in general was probably the best written part of the film because she, as a character she was really solid. I think I think Cable they got to grips with, but initially you kind of don't. But I would say Cable looked awesome. His shield was really cool. His his gun, which goes up to eleven, is just yeah, badass. Yeah, that as well. I yeah, bet you that and, went past a lot of people. Yeah, I, I spotted that. I thought it was great, and and there were some really good good moments. And and when he came to, uh, is it Blind Al? Yeah, or Blind. Yeah, he comes to Blind Al's house, doesn't he? And they're all basically drawing their guns, and she's obviously pointing the other way, which is always hilarious. Oh, we get like, we get like to, speak to the funniest moment. We get to the funniest mouth. moment. Yeah, funniest moment of the film, which is the tiny legs and the tiny dick. Oh, babe. See, I'm, it's been just over two years since I changed my Twitter handle to small hands. <laughs> and now I'm really debating going for baby legs. You didn't have the same ring to it, but that, yeah. That um, bit, I was genuinely crying. And when they were talking about him, when they did the basic instinct, you know, when he crosses his legs and yeah. then he says, don't uncross them. <laughs> just, just like, oh my and then, God. Oh, and then when he gets up and he stands and he's walking and they're all going, he, he's doing it. Come on, little guy, you can do it. <laughs> oh my Lord. I, I was, hey, every, there was, there wasn't many people in the screen with us. There was only about eight or nine people. Yeah. But everyone was crying, laughing. Yeah. It, so it, was if, if you were to watch that in a full room, like if, if you'd watch that, in a full cinema in America, where everyone's a lot over the, you know, a lot more over the top. Anyway, that would yeah. just be one hell of an experience. You know, another hundred, hundred and fifty people all laughing at the same time like that would be something else. I would like, to, I don't think I will, but I would quite like to go and see this again with it with a packed screen because it does make a hell of a difference to experience. Because I saw Guardians two like completely packed out um, at the cinema once, and then it was dead the next time because it's quite a lot later. And the first time when it's packed out and everyone's absolutely wetting themselves at all the Drax jokes and everything really does make a massive difference, I think, to yeah, your experience. Does. It really does. I think a quiet audience... I think that's audience... one of the reasons why I loved um, Infinity War first time so much. I really oh. grew to love the the Americanized viewing. Yeah, you said, with, man. With yeah. all the whooping and the hollering and the cheering. I actually missed it this time I, did, I, really I think deep did. down you're a bit of a woo girl yourself, aren't you? I think Everyone's somewhere in there. a bit of a woo girl. I think everyone's got a little bit of Shabotsky in there. Yeah, see, I That's... got the reference. I know, I'm glad. All, all you need did. to do is take me to a, a Western bar and get me a, a <laughs> steps and then I'll, I'll get on the mechanical bull. 
Nice. Um, I recently watched that, otherwise I wouldn't remember that. Um, But it all links in. She's um, Agent Hill in in, in Avengers. Yeah, see, it's not Um, off topic. uh, It's not off topic. Um, That moment is is when Cable has his fanny pack, basically, isn't it? At that point, as Americans would call it, bum bag. He's a lip balm. Yeah, and that was just... It humanized Cable. It made him such a different character all of a sudden. Because before that point, he's just a badass kind of killing machine. He looks a bit like Terminator, doesn't he, with his red eye and stuff? Because he's yeah. traveled from the future. Oh. And at that point, you're like, "What are you on about the shit?" The John Connor. You know the bit when he, he materializes those two yeah. those two guys that are stood at the truck. I forget who the second one was, but the first one's Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon, oh. and I think it's it's the guy who does all the voices. Oh, I can only think he's in Dodgeball as the pirate, Steve the Pirate. Alan Tudyk. Alan yeah, that's Tudyk. it, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. So I need to go back to see that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Matt, so Matt there's Damon a lot of moments, follow, man. Follows up his Matt cameo Damon in uh, Thor Ragnarok. He's nailing it with his cameos, man. Someone give him a part. He could do a say, role. You know how he's doing this? He's well trying to get in the, in the good books of the Marvel execs. I oh, could what? see him as something. You know, he's he's a good guy, but I've got a lot of time for him. Um, I'd love to see Alan Tudyk in it because I absolutely fucking love him. He, he's he's one of the best voices, you know. I mean, it's strange, but he voices the villain in the first Wreck-It Ralph film. Um, but he's he's very good at voices. Um, I, I just I will never forget some of the stuff he does. He does a lot of animated work, but um, yeah, he'll always he's a cool, be Steve he's a cool the Pirate. Yeah, he will always be Steve the Pirate. You can't Yarr. get past that. <laughs> I want to find the quote about his chapstick. Um, I just I was actually just looking at it. Oh come on. Um, so, do you know one thing I'm, re- did I'm retrieving well? something from my utility bag it's a goddamn fanny pack and you know it you sick son of a bitch yeah. the difference is night and day um, and then there's a later on scene when he's putting on lip gloss yeah um, oh, I can't find it, um, I had it before. Cable also has a great line where he says you're, you're not a fucking hero you're just an annoying clown dressed up as a sex toy um, which Brolin delivers with such a, a great tone of voice, to be honest, man. Did you um, notice at the end when Deadpool had been blown up, did you notice what had happened to his suit? It turned grey, I've read that. Yeah, which like it, X-Force. it turned into his X-Force suit and I got that and I was going, look, look at it, look at his suit, look at his suit. Yeah. Was like, There's a lot of kind of Easter eggs in this. I mean, there's Easter egg I found it. everywhere, isn't there? Um. Cable says, you remind me of my wife, waiters. I'm sorry. And Cable says, I said, you remind me. He goes, no, I'm sorry that you said that while making heavy eye contact and applying <laughs> lip balm. <laughs> that is just genius. Um, their relationship's obviously quite interesting. And ultimately, um, and we could talk about the, the juggernaut fight scene and, and how that comes to, to pass in a minute. But um, ultimately, he, he goes back to save his life. And, and it's quite a, a moment because... <laughs> I've just found another good quote. Go on, hit me. And Deadpool, uh, you know what you need to do? We need to build a fucking team. We um, we need them tough, morally flexible, and young enough they can carry this franchise 10 to 12 years. Dopinda, my body is an instrument of death. Deadpool, <laughs> not, not now, Dopinda. <laughs> what does Dopinda say at the end of the film when he oh, runs over the paedophile? Wasn't it something like, it was something about bathing in the blood of his enemies? or <laughs> 
something like that. Bastard. He's talking about, you know, at the beginning with the taxi scene with him when Deadpool jumps through the window and he's yeah. in the front and he's talking about, you know, when I, I can be a, oh, what do you be a hitman, a hired, hired hitman or something. And he said, you know, I, I, once I, I, I stole, I can't remember what he calls his cousin. He's like, oh, we, um, we both know you Bantus. killed him. <laughs> yeah, we both know you killed yeah. him or something. It's like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, Bantu. That, I mean, he was such a surprisingly lovely part of the first film. And I think he, he still had a nice role in this, to be fair. And it's just frustrated angle when he's there, you know, mopping the floors in the bar and stuff. He's oh, just literally... He's mopping the piss up. Oh, are you, my are you, God. Are you taking a piss? You've got, you're doing the face. Oh, a lot happened in this film considering you know there was a lot of slow moments as you said but then it did up the ante quite a lot um and they did like we said we got that big fight scene towards the end um we got i don't know if he's not called firestorm i'm getting what's the the kid called um fire fist yeah we did get moments of <laughs> go on <laughs> He's on top of you. He's going in through the back. Oh, God, he's inside. And Domino says, you can hear yourself, right? <laughs> I'm going to stop looking at quotes now because it's just going to make me keep giggling. I know. And I, that's I, I inherited the giggle off my dad, by the way, so blame him for the fact oh, that it's, like it's, it's, it's a charming Homer Simpson giggle. Somebody said that to me when we were on, when we were on Honeymoon who was laughing at something and someone turned around and said something like, that's a really good laugh. That's that's were they American? Yes, obviously. No yeah. British person would say that they would have hit. No. You. They would have probably just like laughed behind your back at your 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 laugh. That's My very girly effeminate laugh. Yeah, you know, a slightly girly laugh. Um Well I am a woo girl. You are, exactly. We have exposed your true nature on this podcast. Um, you don't expose it that much. Not that much. No, Jesus. Um, yeah. One thing Reynolds said when he was interviewed, <laughs> we were talking about tweets, and he's obviously quite quite good at tweeting and, and quite honest about everything. He said if he'd seen his draft emails, <laughs> draft inbox on his Twitter, he'd probably be arrested. <laughs> Some of the things he comes out with, the things he says about his kid and about his wife, he's they just, are so funny. He's, was he married to Scarlett Johansson? I think I read that today on IMDb. I don't know whether he was. Was he married? I know the. I think I they're divorced. They I think they're divorced, um, which surprised me. I didn't know that. Um, Let's have a look on his Wikipedia at the spouses section. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they got wow. divorced in 2011. That's quite recent. Um, I only found out yesterday that he used to go out God. with Alanis Morissette. Did he really? Well, yeah, but the, you know, when you're a Canadian... I'm not going to make an ironic joke. Um, there was a lot go of good with Canadian, someone else who's Canadian. A lot of good Canadian jokes. Again, a lot of good pro-Canadian stuff and anti-Canadian stuff, which is obviously very much related to Reynolds, which I thought was really good. Um, the quotes aren't all there in terms of you could read them out all day and we could be here all night, but I, I think parts of the script were really, really solid. I think parts of the writing were a little bit lazy, which they hinted at, obviously, or openly expressed, um, which I found a little bit frustrating. And I do think the budget was a little bit stretched at times. Um, do you know who voiced the juggernaut? Ryan Reynolds. It was indeed. Um, I found that out just before I went in, and I didn't know that it was juggernaut, but somebody had said <coughs> it was that, in inverted commas, um, cameo, was voiced yeah. by Ryan, Ryan They Reynolds ran out of money. Yeah, uh, simply ran out of money. Um, and you can see and why, because they... doing full CGI fight scene that lasted a fair amount of time, and all the extra CG from Fire Fist... 
I was going to say the Fire Fist stuff looked pretty cool. Um, you had some and, really and good he, fight scenes at that and moment. He used his powers a lot. Did you also yeah. notice the name of the the place where um, Julian was held? No, oh, not Julian. Yeah, that's his actual called. name, Russell. Russell. Um, it was another hint to Mister Sinister. Oh, was it? I forget the name. Um, is it? Oh, the. Um. Oh, Jesus Christ, Nathan something um essex okay the house was called like the essex something or other essex institute or something like that so it we, me and tom thought that that little weasley bald guy with the glasses was going to be mr sinister and he'd sort of disguised himself somehow yeah no um, there, there is a line around that that only best buddies execute pedophiles together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is just genius um I think one of the better scenes, and we'll 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 go on to talk about post credit and, and X Force um, quite quickly, um, is is the dying scene. Now it could have easily been too long because it was going that way, but I really liked it, and and it didn't quite get to the point where everyone was getting really impatient with him. Um, it wasn't, but like it was the leading guy, that way. Peter falls over and bangs his knee. The... <laughs> Ah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was like getting that. that way in the in the right possible kind of frame of mind, and it wasn't quite Lord of the Rings, um, the final film that had free endings. You know, it it didn't fade to black or anything, but I thought it was really well done. And I've heard Monty Python mentioned a few times, and it definitely had hints of that. Do you know what I mean? It's definitely that classic old school kind of comedy to things where, but that's the he kept almost thing going. Again. And I love yeah. slapstick comedy. That's why I like I, things like Modern Family. Because yeah. Ty Bull, the guy that plays Phil, is just the king of physical and slapstick comedy at the minute. Yeah, exactly. And I think what we, what we said about Deadpool, it's a little bit about what we said about Guardians 2, is I think that when it's really unsung is when it's almost not about the plot. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just the characters, you know, having fun, basically, and what it yeah. feels like. So so we, in Guardians 2, it's when it's when... Star Lord's calling Rocket a trash panda, and they keep arguing. It's when the scenes with Baby grew and and him going and finding the the severed toe and all that kind of jazz. Do you know what I mean? And he's talking about hats and why he hates hats so much, all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's when the plot almost is forgotten. Do you know what I mean? And I think Deadpool one was so much about him becoming Deadpool, and a little bit about saving Vanessa and getting revenge but there wasn't any plot there do you know what i mean it was quite a simple premise this yeah. this film isn't heavy on premise it's not don't get me wrong it's not infinity war there's not a lot going on um but when it gets a bit overcomplicated in itself like the first 20 minutes it kind of loses what it's about and i think that's maybe what it was lacking a bit Although I would say that that some people and I, and i agree with this you do need to introduce more characters because i don't think you want just 120 minutes of Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool You joking. can't just have another film that's just, just Deadpool, him. And, it, and then occasionally he goes and talks to Weasel, and then there's a little bit in the taxi with Depender, because that would be boring. You have to build would. the roster. And that's why I was talking with someone on Twitter before, and I I hadn't heard anything about a Deadpool 3, but now I have. They are working on a Deadpool 3, but the plan oh, is... 100% will happen. They're yeah. going to do... They don't know whether it's going to be x-force then deadpool 3 or De- i think that's uh, X-Force likely one and two and give solo deadpool a bit of time but i think i would much rather see more x-force because i much prefer yeah. the 
Deadpool with ultra serious Cable, who's a bit of a dick, and then Domino, who seems to be quite easy going. Again, going back to her powers because nothing can really happen to it. She seems to be quite blasé about things in a good way. So yeah. I, I like the, the dynamic between them because they're all so different. But together, you can see that they probably will make a really, really good team because Deadpool can't die. Domino essentially can't die. And Cable is so augmented that it makes him so strong and so fast and the weapons and the tech. You know, they're a lot more together than you'd think. And that yeah. final scene where you see them walking towards the screen, that's probably going to be you know, three-fifths of, of X-Force. I imagine they're going to bring in some of the other proper X-Force characters. Who, I wouldn't like to say, but... No, it's way too early to speculate. But there is some, some scope there, and I, I think if they get the balance right, um, an X-Force movie would be less about Deadpool. That's the thing. And it would yeah. be interesting how they got that dynamic right, because he does overshadow everything. It's his style. Do you know what I mean? So, But I think they could do that. I think it could work. It is um, going to be difficult because what they need to do is... They, like, exactly, well, they need to they, separate it from Deadpool. You they, know? they need, need to, to make an X-Force film that doesn't feel like a Deadpool film, which is one thing that we said was so good about, say, Civil War. Civil War felt like it was an everyone film, but the plot at the very, very centre of it was all Cap and and Bucky. You know, very, very cleverly done. Very, yeah. very solid right through the centre. That's what they need to get with X-Force, is they need to get, you know, Deadpool and Cable and Domino and, you know, XYZ. That's yeah. the core of it. And then in fairness, all the say Infinity bit. War, just on a side note, Infinity War was, was very much a Thanos film, which we've said. Yeah. Um, I think Avengers 4 has to be an Avengers film. You know, Do you know what, what I mean? The one, the one thing really lacking a little bit was you want to see Cap and Iron Man together. You want checked. that camaraderie. It's currently sitting at $1.843 billion. It'll top two, but it won't get to Avatar or Titanic, but it's going to finish in third, I think, of all time. But, I mean, for nowadays, man, when you've got all these big releases like Solo and Deadpool and everything else, it's coming up and on everyone tries to pirate everything, and do you know what I mean? It's a different era. I think in $2 billion is incredible incredible feat and it broke all these records and i think the film next year will just be just as equally impressive if not more numbers um what was i going to say yeah let's talk post credits because arguably that the bar that one moment we mentioned they are the best and funniest they, thing about this film the, oh the all, all the people that were in the cinema which admittedly again wasn't that many but when no. you saw that old Wolverine footage from the Wolverine, <laughs> everyone went, "What?" Or there was like you could hear the, you know, every, the you could hear and feel the excitement in everyone's face. Yeah. And when he's just emptying the clip into shit, Deadpool just. <laughs> I would say as well, man, that scene was apparently so hard to get hold of the footage was on film um so old school not digital and and the original footage uh, original film had been damaged so they had to find um had to find like a copy of it which was really hard to do apparently so um yeah they really worked to get that scene in the film and i'm really glad they did and we also had the killing of reynolds signing the contract yeah uh, for green lantern (laughs) Which I'm sure f- for him felt quite cathartic. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of jokes in the first film back to Green Lantern. There's a lot of piss taking, and it's been something that defined his career a little bit because it spurned him on probably to do this film, um, and also introduced him to his, you know, his now wife slash mother of his kids. 
yeah, slash exactly. partner in crime because they are a pretty good comedy duo the two. Yeah, they? they really are. Um, so yeah, it's it's obviously a big moment. Um, you had him bringing back Peter, which I thought was brilliant. Oh, what sh- you call yeah, him? He sugar saved, bear. He saved his sugar bear, <laughs> and he was calling himself Mama Bear, which was kind of typically yeah, Deadpool creepy. Typically Deadpool creepy. There was a few of those moments in this film when he was squeezing. Colossus's, Colossus's ass. That's basically <laughs> the big one for me. Um, <laughs> and then he also brought back Vanessa. Was that it, or was there any more? We also have, and I need to get this a copy of this, the Colossal song. Uh, not Colossal song. Um, juggernaut. The Juggernaut song, Colossal. yeah. Yeah, the Juggernaut song. Um, it's basically just saying, holy shit or something. Holy shit, here he comes. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's this kind of orchestra. Um, and the Juggernaut it's... was great for one simple reason. It wasn't Vinnie Jones. Oh, thank Christ for that. Or, yeah, or another I, reason I did he didn't that. say, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. I'm Juggernaut. Oh, um, God. Because yeah, I love Juggernaut because he was one of the major oh. villains for the X-Men cartoon. If it wasn't yeah, a Magneto episode yeah, yeah, and it yeah. wasn't Mr. Sinister, it was a Juggernaut episode and they were and always He was brilliant. a badass. I really liked him as a character. And, and I think, to be fair, they CG'd him really well. Um, it, yeah, I it, think... did, it didn't look rubbery or anything, and they didn't. No, they didn't drill I, I... too much down into the whole, the unstoppable. You know, once he starts running, you can't stop him. They they just left him there as just a big strong fucker, and I like that they didn't try yeah. to explain away. Because if you don't know who Juggernaut is, all you know. Well, there's been a lot of talks lately about guy. about the powers and and dampening down powers and all this that and the other. There's obviously talks about. Thanos and Captain America and how he can hold his hand open and stuff, but you've got to accept that they can't do things exactly like for like in the comic book. Do you know what I mean? Because Captain Marvel can't just come in and just be all-conquering and powerful. She's got to have some flaws and weaknesses. Do you know what I mean? You can't just make her superhuman and that's that, because it wouldn't translate very well. You you need a bit of a balance in these films, because they're films, they're not comic books. Do you know what I mean? They've got to have a differential. Um, And you're right, Juggernaut was one where you've got to get the balance right. And I guess the same with Deadpool, where he's got the collar that makes him invincible again, rather than being, you know, unkillable. And um, I, you've, you've got to think as well that, that that's potentially budget related as well. Cause at least then yeah. you rely on the practical effects. Cause people don't seem to realize every time Deadpool's got his mask on, they still have to use CG on the eyes and the mouth. There was a lot more Wade, I guess, in this film. There was a know. lot more. Because originally, yeah. when when they first started shooting the original film, they didn't CG the mouth, and Ryan Reynolds was talking, and basically the mouth wasn't real. You couldn't follow what he was saying, so they CG his mouth to exaggerate the movements. And obviously, you see his eye hole sort of opening when he's shocked and like closing when he's frowning and stuff. So yeah. they they sort of you know accentuate his uh, his facial movement. Yeah. So yeah, but like a, I said, a lot for me. Reynolds. For me, genuinely speaking, it's. I thought it was a really solid action film. I, I thought with a, a solid comedic action film. I, I, I don't like the depth that they tried to go to. I think it really played against Deadpool and, and what makes Deadpool Deadpool. Um, but outside of that, I, I still really enjoyed it. I, I think it, at times it was hilarious, man. It really was. And it'll always keep me laughing. But I think like you... I think you've got to look to the strength of the original. I think this one has upped the ante in terms of the action stakes, which were great. Um, they've introduced some new characters, not all very, not all perfectly successfully because they didn't give them all much to do. Um, but overall, I think it's still 
a really positive film, and I think it's still probably going to go in the right direction as a franchise. But I mean, it, it's they... still doing well commercially. It's already taken three hundred and fifty-five million. It had a brilliant yeah. opening weekend of about. It, it's going to probably top. It's probably going to top a billion, and and that's a massive success for again a small budget film in the, in the relatively, you know, grand scheme of things. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. that's that's exactly what they'd be craving, you know. So I think. Yeah, it's it's a big plus. I, I give Ryan Reynolds a lots of props for it because it's hard to make these films. They are very unique and they're very different to what we're used to. So, you know, they're not for everyone. Um, and I know a lot of people that love the first one that maybe don't love this one. But then I know a lot of people that are talking this up as being better than the original, like a lot of people. I, um, pretty much, so, I would say 95% of people. That I've yeah, watched I would come say, back and said. Yeah, I'd say critically not because people have got the same issues with those when they may be analysing it in detail. But it's just a popcorn film and, uh, and that states and many people just just really like it. And, and the action to us, you know, I did really enjoy it. I love that that kind of car chase scene. Um, I thought it was really really good, and I did I did I did enjoy it. But yeah, I do have a few. Niggles, which I might get past, but I might not, because like you said, it does, it does change perspectives when it can just turn the clock back at the end of the film. And I'm just looking just, down all-time worldwide box office. The first Deadpool film took more than Guardians did. Yeah, I, it, it's 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 because everything's growing, man. I mean, comic books, Star Wars, Disney owning the, the the world. It's it's just going that way, isn't it? It's it's they're the films that except Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible to an extent. Are just the ones that attract the big markets these days. Obviously animation the same. Um but that's Disney Pixar. Um and Black and Panther's just, just crept into the top ten. It's currently the ninth film. That's just mad. So it it's, mad. it's just gone above Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. The last See that? Jedi. Frozen, That's crazy. Beauty and the Beast, The Fate and the Furious, Iron Man 3, Minions, Civil War, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, Lord. It's gone above a, a number of huge. It's taken more than Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But obviously that was 2012 and, you know. No, but I mean, the, the big thing is people are saying these films are getting old and getting tired. Oh, but they're who not, was man. It? Which, which director was it that was fucking. Oh, off? it was obviously. It was obviously. Oh, uh, James, James Cameron. Cameron. Even though he's doing his 18 Avatar sequels. Yeah, James Cameron can old. just suck a dick. Yeah. Because I can't remember it was. And he can keep it in there to keep his mouth shut, to be Some, honest, because he's driving me crazy. That, like, during he's 50s... slagging Wonder Woman last year as well. Oh, yeah, say no, it wasn't it, like, it wasn't that groundbreaking or something, and it was all right, and oh, fuck off. He's I a know. knob. Just go and sit on the Titanic wreck and drown. Well, the... It just frust- it frustrates me because people get on the high horse, and, and still now, and I'm just going to put this out there, I talk quite openly, obviously, about Marvel, and, and, and look... Uh, Twitter is Twitter. It is what it is. It's a wonderful shit storm. Yeah, but I, I talk about my 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 love of of Marvel openly and my love of film and and music and f- football and whatever else on on a sky. Um, and people still criticise you. It's like gaming. You know when when it was uncool to be a gamer and then it's come full circle. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And people always, oh, you play games, you're an adult. Yeah, fuck off. I enjoy playing games. So what? Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with this. People get on the high horse. These aren't real films. They aren't this. They aren't that. Oh, it's not a, a Shawshank or it's not a fucking Goodfellas or I don't give a shit. It's it's no. it's personal preference. It, it's late. And these films, 
There's it's only... lazy, lazy criticism, and it's it's just because they don't watch them and they think they know everything. It's the same with critics slagging Infinity War because they've not watched the other films and they don't have a fucking clue what's going on. But it's a huge release, so they have to review it. It's like, look, if you're not, just let someone review it who's at least watched the other films and be objective about it. Do you know what I mean? It's bullshit, and it just frustrates me because it's like people can't allow you to enjoy what you enjoy because you're a certain age. It's like fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you think an average year we probably only get three. I mean, th- this one's yeah, actually, exactly. I think we're getting four or five this year because we've yeah, um, maybe four or five in, if you count an Aquaman. Well, yeah, right. I mean, that that's the fourth <clears> one <throat> after um, Infinity War, Deadpool. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Black Panther. Yeah, infinite, yeah, five. Yeah, five, yeah. So five. And that's it. It's not a lot of films in the grand scheme of things. We get a lot more horror shit, and we get a lot more... Action. Action. Well, action films are dying out because they're boring, and everyone's seen them all before, at least with these films. You look at Ragnarok, you look at Black Panther, you look at Deadpool, and you look at Infinity War. They're nothing alike. Well, you know I, what I mean? They, they are the nothing alike. Said, if you look at the last... 18 months of Marvel films and put them all in a line, you can draw hardly any lines between them, you know, other than the characters, you know, Black Panther is in, you know, um, Infinity War. If you try try and put them together and say, well, this is like that because of this, there's not many lines you can draw between them. Because no. they're all stylistically, visually, storyline, character-wise, well, exactly. they're all so different. Ragnarok is a space comedy, basically. Do you know what I mean? No matter how you spin it. Um, Black Panther is deemed to be like a, a futuristic Bond film. That's what Kugler was going for. And I can see exactly yeah. where they're going for with that. Do you know what I mean? It's got the car chases. It's got those kind of visuals. And, and it, it makes sense. Um, and Infinity War is a, is a grand... With the heist film. Heist film, but it's on a, a scale that we've never seen. And then Deadpool is essentially just a comedy. It's it's an action comedy, but they're they're not alike. You know, you can't compare them at all. So it does frustrate the hell out of me that people can't just take these movies on merit. Um, and that's just me on my soapbox. But you know, uh, Deadpool, being honest, um, liked it. Probably didn't love it. I will watch it again quite a lot of times probably because it is one of those films like the original that you just put on and have a good laugh. And I think they do really well when they get to that point and stop dicking around with the over heavy narrative that it didn't really need yeah. or just kill off TJ Miller because fair enough. Do you know what I, I mean? I, I, I would sense. be surprised if Weasel comes back much. Yeah. They, they basically cut his lines down to nothing. So, um, Oh, speaking of things that were cut out, they also cut out a scene which I assume now is the post credit scene where um, Deadpool goes back in time and kills baby Hitler. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. That, that <laughs> when, when he did the um, the test screen, apparently that scored oh, very, my God. very low. I wonder if that was what... And, and do you know what? Being honest, I, I, I should have mentioned this and been going on a while, but this could have been a train wreck yeah. because it really could have been. Like we said, you know, second album syndrome kind of big fears that they would really fuck up the script loads of worries about um 
the characters and there's obviously a lot of hype around the test screenings and problems well, and that there was a kind lot of, of problems stuff. with the director leaving wasn't there a lot of people were worried yeah, that yeah, yeah. Miller wasn't attached to it anymore people said yeah. that the reason but David Lynch work. man uh, John Wick and a couple of other things he's got under his belt he's a good action director and I think you could feel that do you know what I mean and I think it needed Reynolds as a co-producer to, to hit the comedy elements but I think they did well on the action side of things that's, that's what he's good for so it did make sense um but no, overall, a uh, pretty positive review from me. And, I, and I, did, I do heartily recommend it. And clearly we're slightly in the minority that didn't prefer it. So I think everyone else would would prefer it if they went to see it than, than we did. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to try and get there a second a second viewing. Yeah, I might well do. We've got Solo to watch and you're going to watch Jurassic Park, which I'm not in a rush to see, but we'll see how that goes. Well, I'm on, I'm um, on a Jurassic Park hype from um, Universal Studios. Yeah, that'll do it. I had that last year. Yeah, I had that last year. Uh, which is making me sad and reminisce. Um, <laughs> um, that's good. We haven't got anything quite in the works anytime soon, but we'll be talking about doing something about female superheroes which would be quite fun to do because there was a uh, more announcement about other female superheroes during the MCU and some various stuff which would be quite cool to talk about um and a bit of criticism which we said about this film but but even about the um, Infinity War which we don't really share because we think Black Panther and um and Ragnarok had prominent roles for female characters but it's it's a good discussion point so I think we'll come back to that at some point and yeah, I don't know what else, but there's always more to be had in this this universe. So thanks as always for joining us and um, giving us as much feedback as, as we appreciate. We are now on 61, 62 podcasts. We've been going two and a half years this. So yeah, we appreciate that people still listen and give us time of day. So all good from us. Anything else from you? No, no, you said a mouthful. Yeah, what's, what's, what's new, mate, to be honest? Yeah, this is <laughs> Could have made a great, oh, you could have made a really bad um, James Cameron dick in the mouth joke there, but we'll we'll move on from that. Thanks very much for joining us. We will be back with you soon. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.